Welcome to the Rudo Love Podcast, a mini-series of anecdotes and interviews tailored for the inquisitive souls of today. This week I have a very curious and wonderful thing for you. I'm going to read from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, first published in 1865, but I have here something published in 1960. It's the annotated Alice. It's my mother's copy from her family, and it's been passed to me, and it has the most beautiful of uh, layouts where the illustrations by John Tenniel are put together in exactly the order that they had originally wanted. It's had many publications, but this is a very special edition. And I also wanted to test the waters as to what is an appropriate thing to do in one's podcast. And I thought that I would just do a snippet. You didn't sign up for large, large chapters of hours upon hours of reading. So I'm not going to do that. But let me know if that's something you're interested in. The really interesting technique that I learned from a friend, Caitlin, is called bibliomancy, where you walk up to a book and you open a page and you know that the thing that you're going to read is both impromptu, but perhaps an opportunity for you to discover something very insightful and meaningful, extra layers that might not have been there when you first came to the book. So I did a little bit of that, but I was very much hoping for the caterpillar scene to read from you. If you know me, you will not be surprised that Rudo loves the interaction with Alice and the caterpillar. And lo and behold, I opened the book and I landed on page 64, which had a picture of a little puppy. And I said, okay, I guess that's it. Then I turned the page and there was my beloved caterpillar and Alice. Amazing. So I'm going to read a little bit, about 15 minutes. So if that's your cup of tea, feel free to enjoy. The first thing I've got to do said Alice to herself as she wandered about in the wood, is grow to my right size again. And the second thing is to find my way into that lovely garden. I think that will be the best plan. It sounded an excellent plan, no doubt, and very neatly and simply arranged. The only difficulty was that she had not the smallest idea how to set about it. And while she was peering about anxiously amongst the trees, a little sharp bark just over her head made her look up in a great hurry. An enormous puppy was looking down at her with large round eyes and feebly stretching out one paw, trying to touch her. Oh, poor little thing, said Alice in a coaxing tone. And she tried hard to whistle to it, but she was terribly frightened all the time at the thought that it might be hungry, in which case it would very likely eat her up in spite of all her coaxing. Hardly knowing what she did, she picked up a little bit of stick and held it out to the puppy, whereupon the puppy jumped into the air off its feet at once with a yelp of delight and rushed at the stick and made believe to worry it. Then Alice dodged behind a great thistle to keep herself from being run over, and the moment she appeared on the other side, the puppy made another rush at the side and tumbled head over heels in its hurry to get a hold of it. Then, Alice thinking it was very like having a game of play with a cart horse and expecting every moment to be trampled under its feet, ran round the thistle again. Then the puppy began a series of short charges at the stick, running a very little way forward and each time a long way back and barking hoarsely all the while. 
till at last it sat down a good way off, panting, with its tongue hanging out of its mouth, and its great eyes half shut. This seemed to Alice a good opportunity for making her escape. So she set off at once, ran till she was quite tired and out of breath, until the puppy's bark sounded quite faint in the distance. And yet what a dear little puppy it was, said Alice, as she leant against a buttercup to rest herself and fanned herself with one of the leaves. I should have liked teaching it tricks very much if only I'd been the right size to do it. Oh, dear, I've nearly forgotten. I've got to grow up again. Let me see. How is it to be managed? I suppose I ought to eat or drink something or other. But the great question is what? The great question certainly was what? Alice looked around her at the flowers and the blades of grass, but she could not see anything that looked like the right thing to eat or drink under the circumstances. There was a large mushroom growing near her, about the same height as herself, and when she looked under it, and on both sides of it, and behind it, it occurred her that she might as well look and see what was on top of it. She stretched herself up on tiptoe and peeped over the edge of the mushroom, and her eyes immediately met those of a large blue caterpillar that was sitting on the top with its arms folded, quietly smoking a long hookah, and taking not the smallest notice of her or of anything else. Chapter 5. Advice from a Caterpillar The caterpillar and Alice looked at each other for some time in silence. At last the caterpillar took the hookah out of its mouth and addressed her in a languid, sleepy voice. Who are you? said the caterpillar. This was not an encouraging opening for a conversation. Alice replied rather shyly, I hardly know, sir. Just at present, at least I know who I was when I got up this morning, but I think I must have changed several times since then. What do you mean by that? said the caterpillar sternly. Explain yourself. I can't explain myself, I'm afraid, sir, said Alice, because I'm not myself. You you see, I don't see, said the caterpillar. I'm afraid I can't put it more clearly, Alice replied very politely, for I can't understand it myself to begin with, and being so many different sizes in a day is very confusing. It isn't, said the caterpillar. Well, perhaps you haven't found it so yet, said Alice, but when you have to turn into a chrysalis, you will some day, you know, and then after that into a butterfly. I should think you'd feel a little queer, wouldn't you? Not a bit, said the caterpillar. Well, perhaps your feelings may be different, said Alice. All I know is I would feel very queer to me. You, said the caterpillar contemptuously, who are you? Which brought them back again to the beginning of the conversation. Alice felt a little irritated at the caterpillars making such very short remarks, and she drew herself up and said very gravely, I think you ought to tell me who you are first. 
Why, said the caterpillar. Here was another puzzling question. And as Alice could not think of any good reason, and the caterpillar seemed to be in a very unpleasant state of mind, she turned away. Come back, said the caterpillar, calling after her. I've got something important to say. This sounded promising. Certainly. Alice turned and came back. Keep your temper, said the caterpillar. Is that all? said Alice, swallowing down her anger as well she could. No, said the caterpillar. Alice thought she might as well wait, as she had nothing else to do, and perhaps after it might tell her something worth hearing. For some minutes, it puffed away without speaking. But at last it folded its arms, took the hookah out of its mouth again, and said, So you think it changed, do you? I'm afraid I am, sir said Alice. I can't remember things as I used, and I don't keep the same size for ten minutes together. Can't remember what things, said the caterpillar. Well, I've tried to say how doth the little buzzy be, but it all came out different, Alice replied in a melancholy voice. Repeat, you are old, Father William. Alice folded her hands and began. <clears throat> you are old, Father William, the young man said, and your hair has become very white, and yet you increasingly stand on your head. Do you think at your age it is right? In my youth, Father William replied to his son, I feared it might injure the brain, but now that I'm perfectly sure I have none, why I do it again and again? You are old, said the youth, as I mentioned before, and have grown most uncommonly fat. Yet you turned a black somersault in at the door. Pray, what is the reason of that? In my youth, said the sage, as he shook his grey locks, I kept all my limbs very supple. By the use of this ointment, one shilling the box, allow me to sell you a couple. You are old, said the youth, and your jaws are too weak for anything tougher than suet. Yet you finish the goose with bones in the beak. Pray, how did you manage to do it? In my youth, said the father, I took to the law and argued each case with my wife. And the muscular strength which it gave to my jaw has lasted the rest of my life. You are old, said the youth. One would hardly suppose that your eye was as steady as ever, yet you balanced an eel on the end of your nose. What made it so awfully clever? I have answered three questions, and that is enough, said his father. Don't give yourself airs. Do you think I can listen all day to such stuff? Be off, or I'll kick you downstairs. That's not said right, said the caterpillar. Not quite right, I'm afraid, Alice said timidly. Some of the words have got altered. It is wrong from beginning to end, said the caterpillar decidedly. And there was silence for some minutes. The caterpillar was the first to speak. What size do you want to be? Oh, I'm not particular as to size, Alice hastily replied. Only one doesn't like changing so often, you know. I don't know, said the caterpillar. 
Alice said nothing. She'd never been so contradicted in all her life before, and she felt she was losing her temper. Are you content now? said the caterpillar. Well, I shouldn't like to be, I should like to be a little larger, sir, if you wouldn't mind, Alice said. Three inches is such a wretched height to be. It is a very good height indeed, said the caterpillar angrily, rearing itself upright as it spoke. It was exactly three inches high. But I'm not used to it, pleaded poor Alice in a piteous tone. And she thought to herself, I wish the creatures here wouldn't be so easily offended. You'll get used to it in time, said the caterpillar, and it put the hook into its mouth and began smoking again. This time, Alice waited patiently until it chose to speak again. In a minute or two, the caterpillar took the hookah out of its mouth and yawned once or twice and shook itself. Then it got down off the mushroom and crawled away onto the grass, merely remarking as it went, One side will make you grow taller, and the other side will make you grow shorter. One side of what? The other side of what? Alice thought to herself. Of the mushroom, said the caterpillar, just as if she had asked it out loud. And in another moment, it was out of sight. Well, that's the end of my reading for today, dear darlings. If you'd like to hear more, do let me know. I will respond based on reactions. I really enjoyed that, potentially the most pleasant thing about my morning thus far, and I do hope you have a wonderful time. And go listen to Jefferson Airplane now and just enjoy yourself. Ah, yes. One more thing. Next week, please tune in as I am having a very special uu interview with someone who uh, loves mushrooms potentially more than me, which is very hard to believe. And that is the founder of Misty Day Plant Potions. And oh my goodness, it is incredible.